Hello, welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. Welcome to an episode. Uh, today we have an interviewee. It's Becky Webster, who is the general manager of the Museum of Comedy, your new mm-hmm. favourite venue. It's a fabulous venue that's taking part in the Camden Fringe for the third time this year. And as well as having a 72-seat space, they also have lots of comedy artefacts in a crypt. It's very exciting. It's very exciting, although I'm disappointed that they don't have the clown eggs. Well, the clown eggs we do discuss extensively in the interview, so let's not spoil all that for people. Let's not spoil the eggs. No. And if you don't know what a clown egg is... It's not an egg that clown lays, but you will find out what it is in the interview. Becky, this is your third year as part of the Camden Fringe at the Museum of Comedy. It is. Very happy to have you back. We're very happy to be back. Or to be back? Well, I don't know who's hosting who, really. I don't but I love it. It's been great fun. How many years has the Museum of Comedy been in existence now? So, I mean, if you don't count the pandemic years, we opened on April Fool's Day 2014. So a little bit before my time there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's that, eight years? Wow. You're doing well then, aren't you? Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) And how long have you been there? I started um, as a box office manager on maternity cover over at Leicester Square Theatre, which is the main house where sort of the sort of sister project uh, over at the museum. And thankfully, when that lady came back from maternity leave, they kept me. And I love the museum instantly because it's based in the crypt of this beautiful grade one listed Baroque church. And I'm like a big fan of all things goth. Uh, so I absolutely loved the place. And when the gentleman, uh, Matt, who used to be the venue manager there, moved on, I was very excited to start. So that was September 2019. So I had it four months before the world ended. Oh, no. And, oh. <laughs> thank God it came back. So, yeah, on and off for quite a while now. So, yeah, overall, six years. What's in the museum? Do you have those clown eggs? No, the clown egg registry is based at uh, All Hallows Church in Dalston, which is also right. where they have the yearly Joseph Grimaldi clown service. Yeah. yeah, and that's just like a like a section of the church. I went to the clown ceremony yeah. service. I've been to it. It's amazing. Isn't it mad? The clown eggs—they're what the clown patented faces are painted on so that they can say this is my face yeah they all have their own face yeah that's their copywriting process yeah it's uh, you can't imagine anything more nightmarish really. i'm sure i read that they sent them in and so could you just boil an egg paint a face on it and post it off and say please put this in your in your egg box i don't know let's try it but you're not in charge of the eggs no i'm afraid i've got absolutely nothing to do with the eggs um the custodian of a few bits and pieces. We've got quite a lot of Tommy Cooper's props and some magic bits and bats. Uh, we've got the whole music archive of the Players' Theatre, you know, the Victorian music hall guys. We've got incredible amount of books, which I'm still sorting through <laughs> to decide I was going to start doing it about five years ago. Very sadly, since you last came down, I think we've lost oh. Steptoe and Son's Taxidermy Bear, which has been a terrible shame. That was my favourite. Did it get riddled with something? It was already riddled, but... um. It was. It turned out it was just just a rental. Oh, yeah. 
I always dreamt I'd fix it one day, but no. That's because he had one paw hanging off us. Anyway, maybe one day we'll get him back. Is that like a sooty and sweep there, or have I made that up? We've got a sooty. But surely he'd be living in his little house with Sue. Sadly, he's in a glass case. No! <laughs> Can people visit the um, museum any time? Uh, no, sadly, we're only able to kind of open in the evenings at the moment when we've got shows on. So the museum itself is kind of like a collection, an archive that's kept in the bar area. So generally, all being well, we're open from 6pm most days. Uh, anybody's welcome to come in for a drink and have a look around when the bar's open. And then the mm-hmm. shows take place in another room just off the bar. But the best thing is to go and see a show. Have you got anything in particular that you... Uh can recommend at the moment yeah I'm working on um always last minute but when I started something that I got the opportunity to do was to give away some free work in progress slots around international women's day to female performers um because obviously the museum of comedy free male dominated space just Mm. historically and still now um so that's something I've always really enjoyed doing so we've just put on sale we've got Erica Ayler we've got Jen Ives we've got uh Shima McCred we've got uh Spring Day who's just done live at the Apollo she's wonderful and a few more bits and bats to go on by the end of the end of the week so last minute once again but it'll be a really nice lineup uh, so that's going to be the whole week starting on the 8th and you do quite a few competitions don't you yes endlessly so tell us about the competitions that people might like to enter so I think it's would have started with new comedian of the year which must be in it's like 12th yeah, by now the Leicester Square Theatre New Comedian of the Year. Uh, happily, that's become one of the bigger awards for new comedians. Uh, we get to host that every year, sort of just after the Fringe, so mm-hmm. September. We get like 300, 400 applicants. Oh, wow. All of the heats are held and the quarterfinals are held at the museum. So that's like a great place to um, to see and get to know some like new talent. Because obviously when you work evenings in entertainment, you don't often get out to enjoy very much of it. So we'll, we meet a lot of people through that. And then a little while after that, David, uh, my colleague David Hardcastle started the Sketch Off competition, which is the same thing, but it's not necessarily new acts. We've got sketch character, drag, magic, you know, anything that doesn't fit into the sort of stand up category. And then more recently, we've added Old Comedian of the Year, which is just a nice thing for people who have been going a little bit longer. And the heats are always actually pretty crackers uh, for that one, but we do enjoy it. I sometimes um, watch the heats for the Funny Women Awards and they get quite a lot of older women doing that, people who fancy doing it all their lives and have got lots of life experience to pull on to. I'd love to get out and see more of their showcases. I was having a look when I was thinking about... um, international women's day shows about about those guys and just having a look at the roster of everybody who they've ever given those grants to and how incredibly well they do. they've got like a real eye for talent that can only hope to find myself one day yeah it's been a really good thing and um, so with some of the female comedians that come to you maybe you could like steal their napkins and then that will be a future memorabilia oh, for the museum right. i don't know why my brain went straight to like and we'll use their dna to replicate them <laughs> I was wondering where she was going with DNA. Actually, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, I do like keep a few props that have been left behind by people. And if people leave lost property for long enough, I will put it into a bell jar and put it on display until they go and get it. What have you got lined up for the Camden Fringe so far? We've got five shows on sale before. We've got some. We've got some great stand-up comedians, which has been like a real nice trend to see. Uh, Adam Lart is an old friend of mine and like quite a big 
sort of Edinburgh Fringe favourite, quite a cult following there. And it's nice to see more comedians and more fringe comedians kind of eschewing the Edinburgh grind. And Kate Lois Elliott, Katie Norris of Norris and Parker. She's mad. That's what we want. Oh, brilliant. I'm speaking of um, John Callahan's Cabaret Electro, which I'm really excited about. I've been like watching a lot of his stuff on like YouTube. Absolutely crackers, just up. A complete auteur he's like making the music these incredible costumes these like projections and stuff and he's so polite on the emails his emails have been very very nice actually i know i love the combination of like like a really eccentric performer who's like very polite and organized that's the dream that's what we like i think there's a couple of plays on the way and there's good girl a lady called rhiannon who i've not come across before there's a couple of like american acts who have been in touch with us a lady who supported dave Chappelle is like oh wow chatting to us so that's like a huge and if anyone is listening and thinking about applying to the museum of comedy are there any sort of particular things that you look for in a show well we can only do sort of maximum three dates is the main thing obviously we're mostly looking for comedy because it's a great fit that's what we know how to sell that's what we've got the audience for but the venue itself like the for for such a small space well it's 72 seats it's not too small but it's quite an intimate space kind of a black box with a lot of red velvet the um you know the tech setup the lighting and the sound desks the stuff that the equipment we have there is sophisticated enough to you know put on a, a whole ass play if you wanted to but I guess I wouldn't recommend applying with like a three-hour-long play about mass murder or something, because <laughs> it's the Museum of Comedy. It probably wouldn't be what we're after. You'll be walking past Tommy Cooper's fez on the way in and sooty. So probably not the Holocaust, or... I mean, good luck to that person, but it's a versatile space. We'd obviously like to focus on comedy, and because one of the things that we've loved about having the Canton Fringe in August is actually how many people we've met that we wouldn't necessarily have met before that might not know the space or might not be from London. Yeah, it's a great way of introducing acts to venues, isn't it? And is there a lot of, obviously, you're in the centre of London, aren't you? Do you find that you get a lot of sort of on-the-spot punters just deciding to go and see whatever's on? I would love to have more. So we do have as much advertising as we can outside of the venue, but because it's a grade one listed building, it's kind of limited the amount of signage we can have. The most people who come in taking a punt on something are people I've met outside while I was having a cigarette and they've gone, what's this then? They're like, oh, well, there goes my break. I'm going to have to tell you. And they're like, okay, have a look. Well, there we go. That's a good advert for smoking, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yes. More of it. Yeah, it's going to really ruin ruin our pitch when I stop. Before you went to work there, you worked on other festivals, haven't you? Yeah, I worked um, for a pay what you want sort of fringe group that did Edinburgh and Leicester and a few other festivals for a few years called Heroes of Fringe. Right. Which was sort of an offshoot of Laughing Horse that concentrated on like alternative comedy. So at its height, we had um, in Edinburgh, we had the Hive, uh, the, the the big red bus on um off Bristow Square, Dragonfly and Monkey Barrel at some point, mm-hmm. actually. But uh, going up there this year, I think it was really nice to see Monkey Barrel kind of back in the hands of sort of locals who know the scene and not a bunch of Londoners. Um, is it right that you have John Park based in your venue? I do have John Park, yeah. Not in any professional capacities, more of an emotional support. I think we need to explain who John Park is. Yes, how do you know John Park? Because he'd probably be somebody completely different to me than he is to you. John Park used to run the Fringe Report, mm. which you must have heard about, if not yeah. seen. So he used to come to every show, really, um, mm. that we ever went to. John Park was 
he was always there on the scene writing long essays afterwards about not only the show like reviewing the show but he would also do and they were genius he would do lengthy reports about parties then he got on to kind of discussing fashion recipes he did the fringe report awards which were very good fun and then one day he decided to just stop it all but i heard from him and he said something about being in an office in leicester square it seems like john's lived many lives i know him as a a former architect who went on to sort of review theatre. When I first met him, he was working on a book about the history of Leicester Square Theatre for the 10th anniversary. He once came and reviewed a reviewed a day in our office. So he just oh. sat in the corner of our office and just wrote <laughs> a review of me and Michelle. And most of the time we weren't speaking because we were just working, but he still managed to write a whole article about it. Michelle and Zena, type, type, typing, 50 words a minute. Yeah. Someone phoned up. It was a wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) Just occupies this little space at the back of the building. We see him most days of the week. Sometimes he does turn up just as somebody asks me, is this place haunted? And I get to say, here he is. Uh, Because he's always dressed in white. Yeah, white T-shirt. When I was first introduced to him, boss at the time said, oh, John's coming in later. Don't let him distract you. He loves to talk. And um, six years on, I still just absolutely love to be distracted talking to him. He's a wonderful friend. Yeah, I hope he stays in the back room for many years to come. So somebody wanted to book in with you for not the Camden Fringe, but for the rest of the year to do a show. How would they do that? They would email inquiries at museumofcomedy.com. And that email would go to me and to David, whoever picks it up first, will start chatting. And if somebody wanted to come and watch a show, what is your website? Museumofcomedy.com. <laughs> <laughs> How amusing. Oh, she's very lovely, isn't she? She is. A little insider tip there. We had to cut out quite a lot of that interview because we were having a right good gossip and said lots of things about people that we probably should not broadcast. So shall we talk about the new shows that we have got on yes, sale? Yes, please. I believe we've now got 17 shows on sale. Mm-hmm. First of all, nothing, nowhere, none of the time. I think this mm-hmm. might be one of the best titles of the year. It's obviously early days yet, but I'm very keen on it. It's it's a nice title, isn't it? Because it does make you think, ooh, what could that be? And it makes you kind of think, ooh, imagine nothing nowhere it's like there's there's a film that i haven't watched called everything all at once everything everywhere all at once that that's the joke i don't want to watch it or find out anything about it so don't tell me anything about it because if i feel like it's it might be the same idea that i've had for something oh if i don't find out anything about it then i can't be copying it it's very good film so, so tell, us, improv- tell us about nothing nowhere none of the time or whatever it's called an improv show of infinite possibilities but probably the worst ones ever wonder what your life would have been if you just made that one decision differently took that job asked them out didn't come to this show and then it's something about the multiverse yeah is your idea for a book about the multiverse no well then you're fine you can watch the film okay when when you say multiverse is that as in a marvel way well marvel have 
done films about the multiverse, but it also exists what, what as a is concept. The multi- yeah. It's that thing about um, there being every possibility. So every decision you make in this universe, there's another universe where you make the, a different decision. Oh, and that's been completely debunked as rubbish, hasn't it? But, I mean, it, it does sound like rubbish. By but... scientists. But for a while, there was a time when people thought that that was an actual thing that, you know, here I might be just chatting to you, but in another universe, I'm doing it with Killian Murphy off of Peaky Blinders. Oh, what a shame that you're in this universe. And Brian Cox has bloody scuppered that, hasn't he? Um, Damn him with his brain. Yeah. So anyway, so this Unless show... you're doing a book about the multiverse, you're probably all right. No, it's not that. No. Good. I feel quite relieved. But if I had have been doing a book about the multiverse, you would have just done the thing that I didn't want you to do, which is to tell me what it is. Yeah, but then you just you were reading about the multiverse and you looked really confused. So I suspected that <laughs> it was quite a strong possibility that wasn't what you were writing a book about. This show It's an improv show about the multiverse. That's prompted a lot of discussion is uh, is on at the Bill Murray, 9th, 10th, 11th of August, various times see the website. Next up, Nick Everett. He's doing his show Quiet. Shh, quiet. You've seen this show, haven't you? I have seen this show. Um, so a very early incarnation of this show in Manchester when, unfortunately, it was full of drunk, bald, middle-aged men all wanting to make the show about themselves. And poor Nick had a fairly grim time, which he he managed to get through it right till the end, which I didn't think he would at various points during the show. It was probably the worst audience I've ever sat in. They were horrible. They they were actually getting up and getting on the stage. And Oh, God. But um, bless him, he got through it and didn't seem that disturbed by the end of it. Join quiet man Nick Everett for an hour of alternative stand-up comedy, watching awe as he establishes a comedic persona and then performs a series of jokes. So 23rd and 24th of August at Aces and 8, so 8 o'clock. And if you go, don't be a big, don't scary... Be a drunk, bald man. Don't be a scary, bald man. Ross Kemp, <laughs> not welcome. <laughs> do you think he would behave in an audience? I think he'd be delightful in an audience, actually. Do you reckon? Do you reckon he's... he's a bit of a darling? Yeah, I do. What about his brother, you know, Sharon Watts' ex-husband, Phil Mitchell? Phil Mitchell. Stephen? McFadden? Yeah. Do you think he would behave in an audience? Yeah, I think he would. Do you think he goes to the theatre much? I still sort of think he might be like his character. You never see him not being his character, do you? You don't, Ever. But, but then I quite admire the fact that he's not gone, I'm going to be a celebrity. He's just gone, I'm a jobbing actor. I've got this cushy job being an awful person in EastEnders. I'm just going to keep my head down, carry on doing that for 20 years or so. I won't go on, I'm a celebrity or a master chef. Yeah, you never see him in, like, Hello Magazine. No. Well, I never uh, see anyone in Hello Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Or Vogue. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it, what people get up to or don't get up to? So, a theatre show. After the success of Failure Studies... Oh, so studies, this show... Hang on. This show is called A Theatre Show. A Theatre Show. So, after the success of Failure Studies in twenty one twenty two, Marco and Precarious Theatre are back with a brand new show. A Theatre Show... Uh, This work challenges contemporary artists face in the production of their art and the lens they're willing to go to in order for their creations to be shared. They found one way of funding their shows would be to commit crimes. Oh, is this based on reality, do you think? I don't know, but we should probably go and check it out and just make sure. Camden People's Theatre, 25th, 26th, 27th, August, 7.15pm. And... Do you want a final show? I, one more would be just the ticket, thank you. Okay, Liam Tully. Appy, work in progress. Appy, 
is a work in progress stand-up comedy show from me and Tully. (laughs) (laughs) He probably doesn't need that line, does he? No. Um, About the current digital age where everyone seems to be attractive, happy and popular. Social media can sometimes make it appear as though everyone is living a life better than our own and can leave us feeling like a failure. Well, we've all felt that, haven't we? Yes, indeed. Quite often I just don't look anymore. It's probably the best way to be. Failure that is created entirely by its own mindset, which leads to an increase in anxiety and depression. Camden Comedy Club, 23rd and 22nd of August at 6.30pm. I'm sure it'd be very jolly. It will be very jolly. We're still taking applications if anybody was keen to get on board, having heard about the Museum of Comedy, having heard about the Hen and Chickens, then please apply now. And if you've if you've applied to the etc, give them a little bit of time to sort themselves out because they're going through a change of management currently, but they should be up and running again soon. Okay, so you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok at Camden Fringe, and on Instagram at the Camden Fringe. Can you follow us on just what's that thing called? Just fans, only fans. <laughs> I'm not on OnlyFans, are you, Zena? No, but maybe we could do some pigeon. Maybe we could be pigeons on OnlyFans. Some pigeon erotica. Something to think about. Uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, if you'd like to like. see us on OnlyFans, drop us a line. Please do. Goodbye. Bye.